Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Three football games left, guys. Three. Three. Plus the newly imagined Pro Bowl events presented by Verizon. No, three football games left. And the title games, it's Thursday right now. They are just over 72 hours away. Let's talk about them. Let's talk all about them. Let's talk about breaking news. Rodgers is going to the Jets. I'm positive he's going. Is he? Are you sure? <laughs> we have your phone calls. Second, we call Say Anything, where we call, you call, and you just say anything you want. That's our tee-up. It's not, give us your thoughts on the NFC title game, or tell us how your New Year's resolutions are going. No, 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 no. It could be anything. It, it, it really, I really mean that. Let's see where you went with that, because I understand that the answering machine down here in the basement is full. Talking Eagles, talking Niners, talking Chiefs, talking Bengals, talking football games, talking what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Come on, let's go. I love that the Bengals are even here in the AFC title game, let alone for the second time in a row. What's the biggest story in the AFC title game? Is it Mahomes' ankle? Sure, fine. How's it going to limit them? Is it can they stop Kelsey? Can they get in front of Jamar Chase? That's all great. That's all meat and potatoes, X's and O's football. I just want to take a hot minute and understand that the Bengals, the Bengals are in their second straight title game and four quarters away from going to their second straight Super Bowl. It's a really incredible thing. It really is. Understand that this year's Bengals started 0-2 and a terrible 0-2. Just a gross, gross 0-2. This team now, this Bengals team, that has won 10 in a row, they started the season by losing to the Mitch Trubisky Steelers. The Mitch Trubisky Steelers. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. He threw four interceptions. They looked like garbage. All right, week one's weird though. Weird stuff happens. You get that one on your system. Week two. These Bengals who won 10 in a row lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Nay, they lost to the Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys. Bro was sacked a whole bunch of times again. It was a disaster. They're 0-2. It is the classic Super Bowl hangover, blah, 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 blah. They just look terrible. They can't protect him. All those stories about... Joe Burrow's career is going to be cut short because they can't block anybody. They're back. They're terrible. They're 0 2. This is going to be your classic 7 and 10 post Super Bowl loss team. No, they're in the title game. Here's a little nugget for you. Kind of a deep cut, kind of bending over backwards. Couldn't care less. Teams that lose the Super Bowl and start 0 2 the next year, they've never made it to the title game. They're the first one in history, the Bengals. Um, the Seahawks. Seahawks team that should have given it the ball to Marshawn, they started 0-2 the next year. They didn't make it to the title game. The 0-2 Rams. Think about that. The Kurt Warner greatest show on turf who lost to the Patriots, they started 0-2 the next year. Didn't even make the playoffs. Dirty Bird Falcons. Jamal Anderson. Uh-uh. Started 0-2 the next year. 5-11 on the season. You can go back to Washington, the Rams, the Colts of the 60s, the Baltimore Colts. Those are the teams that lose, have a crappy start, and that's pretty much just a wrap. They don't lose 0-2 and they get to the title game. The Bengals are trying to get to the Super Bowl. They won 10 in a row. It's amazing that they're here. Amazing. Also, I think it's just time to take a deep breath and remember that if you've grown up classically in football over the last 30, 40 years, the Bengals are just the worst. 
And I mean that respectfully now because they're great and they've turned it around, but organizationally, what are we kidding here? This is, the, this is one of the, you only hear this word in this context, woe-be-gone franchises. It really is. I shouldn't say is, I should say was. But for many, many years, it was just a joke. Call them the bungles, million jokes about how cheap they are and that they, they reuse jock straps once from old players to new players. I'm not making that up. That's a legendary story. Who knows if it's true? What I know now is that it's gone. They have the future. They have the rock star. They have Joe Burrow. Is Joe Burrow the coolest guy in the NFL? Is he the coolest guy in America? You know, my, uh, my parents grew up with Mick Jagger. I grew up with Eddie Vedder. I don't know who my son's rock star is going to be that he grows up with. Is it Machine Gun Kelly? I hope not. Is it Post Malone? I don't know. I don't know who it is. I think it might be Joe Burrow. The fact that he can walk into the stadium like that wearing those clothes and not be looked at as some sort of D-bag actually looks cool. The fact that after the game, he can just rip off like a little salty comment to the, the opposing team and the NFL is very cool. And the coolest part of all is what he does for the four quarters. I mean, 100% cool. It's, you know how difficult it is to pull off those clothes alone? Josh Allen, our guy, he knows that's not his deal. He's like, I can't dress like Joe. I wear sweatpants and I wear, I have some Jordans that are kind of cool, but I can't wear those pants like that. He knows. Bro does it unapologetically, and then he goes and he just beats the pants off whoever's in front of him. Hasn't lost since Halloween. It's amazing. I love that they're here. And if they, beat, if they beat this Chiefs team again, I don't think they're going anywhere. Look, the Burrow money is going to be massive. Fine, we'll see. The Mahomes money is massive, and they're still back all the time, right? And the Chiefs look to be inferior to the Bengals. We'll find out. Maybe the Bengals lose. Maybe Mahomes gets his revenge. Maybe he flips the table. Maybe they... They scrap all that Burrowhead Stadium thing, which is awesome and an incredibly perfect piece of branding by whoever came up with that. But until then, man, it is so cool that the Bengals are here. We have a real deal. And I just never would have thought a few years ago when they're just flopping around in that post Carson Palmer era where they could never cash in and he got the knee injury and they were just bad. I never thought that the Bengals would be not only like one of the cool teams in their own division, but maybe the coolest team in the entire NFL. Respect to the Bengals. Respect. Ooh, day. Love you guys. See what, see what we can do this weekend. Don't blow it. Let's go out on what I hate, though. Come on. Niners-Eagles is unbelievable. I hate that it's the less talked about game. How is that? If I flip on any of these channels, they're going off on Mahomes Burrow. I just started the show with it. I haven't talked about Niners Eagles once this week. I don't know why. It's a great, great matchup against two incredible teams. And if you care about this type of thing, from big markets, it's cool. It's everything you could possibly want. And yet it's this, it's the other game. And it's the first game on Sunday. It's the three o'clock game. I was gonna go to it. I was gonna work for the network in the parking lot of Philadelphia. I'm not going to now. I'll be on the couch, but I just, I'm trying to put a finger on why it's, I think it's, there's nothing wrong with the game. I just think that the Mahomes and Burrow is sexier, I guess, than Hurts versus Purdy. I mean, it is definitely, but answer me this. Are you, whoever comes out of the NFC, I think they're the favorite, right? Put it this way. Let's say Philadelphia wins this game 31 to 16, pretty big win. Are they favored over Cincinnati if they win in Kansas City? I don't know. I'm not good with favorites and point spreads and stuff like that.
but I would think that these NFC teams are so great. Maybe they'd be the underdogs. I just hate it because the game is so good and the players are so incredible. I mean, who has better players? Who has more stars? Who has more star power? AFC or NFC game? All right, so the NFC game, we have the defensive player of the year. That's going to be Bosa. We have a guy who might win MVP, and if he doesn't, it'll be second. That's Jalen Hurts. You got the biggest midseason acquisition of the year, maybe of the decade, maybe ever, in Christian McCaffrey. Um, you got Debo. I mean, you got everything. Shanahan is like a celebrity coach. Sirianni, we're going to get to in a minute, is a hilarious coach. You got your own Kelsey in which game. You got this amazing atmosphere in Philadelphia. I don't know. The NFC game's great. And we were talking this morning, Good Morning Football, and Peter was doing the, the sort of prudent thing where he was saying, oh yeah, low scoring, I don't see anything in this game that tells me there's going to be a lot of points and, you know, some, something to the effect that I think it's going to be your, you know, 16 to 12, 16 to 10. And Peter might be right. Peter's right a lot. I'm zagging here. For some reason, I've done this enough times that when everyone thinks a game is going to be one thing, it's the other. Perfect example, everyone thought Cincinnati versus Buffalo last week, oh, shootout city, it's going to be game of the year part two. 41-38. No, the Bills scored 10 points. Not what anybody thought. So, with that logic, I think that the Niners and the Eagles are going to put up points. I do. And I'm fascinated by how the game starts. Because the place is going to be bat bleep insane. It's going to be a 1,000 out of 10. Volume, uh, profanity, middle fingers, God knows what. Unmentionables. What if Debo pops one on the first drive for the Niners? 52 yards. Gone. 6 nothing. 7 nothing. Niners. Does it get quiet? And then they get a Robbie Gold field goal and it's 10-0 and the defense is just wrecking people. Or, on the flip side, I see this is interesting too. Either way it starts. Uh, Eagles receive. You know, the Niners win the toss defer. Eagles receive. Four plays down the field. Touchdown. Ding, ding, ding. A.J. Brown corner of the end zone. Touchdown. Then they get another one. It's 14-0. Is Brock Purdy coming back from down 14-0? Does the Shan Man have to say, oh, well, well, there goes the running game. I got to let the Rook start chucking it. I don't know. It's, it's, I can't wait to see that. The last thing I want to see, everyone has, seems to have this sense of pride and the satisfaction and saying, oh yeah, this is going to be defensive football, 16 to 12. Bleep that. I don't want that. I don't want to watch a 16 to 12 game. I've seen plenty of defense from these teams, especially San Francisco. I want a shootout. I really do. I think we were promised some shootouts last week in the divisional round and we didn't get them. You know, KC Jacksonville was kind of fine. Buffalo Cincinnati, unless you're a Cincinnati fan, was... It wasn't terribly enjoyable, especially in the second half. You know, Giants-Eagles was over at halftime. San Francisco-Dallas, sloppy defensive game. It's fine. Where is our 41-38? Is this it, or is it going to be KC versus Cincinnati? Just give me one. All I know is that for some reason, because of the two quarterbacks and because of the Mahomes injury storyline, and for the Burrowhead and the Bengals winning again in, in Arrowhead, and because it's a rematch, that all the heat is on that game. I think Niners-Eagles is going to be the better game. I do. Watch the early game. Watch it. Because whoever loses this game, it's going to be a huge letdown. Massive letdown. The Niners haven't lost in months. The Eagles haven't. The Eagles have been the front runner all year. Man, Sirianni's going to get cooked if the Niners win this thing. Sirianni's going to maybe get a statue if the Eagles win this thing. Niners-Eagles is awesome. You want my pick? I think the Eagles win. I do. I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles have a better roster than the Niners, and that's saying a lot because the Niners have incredible players. But I still think this is Howie Roseman's Rembrandt, the Eagles GM. I think he put together a perfect team. Really, really as close as you can get to perfection. 
The O-line, the D-line, the secondary, the weapons. The only question mark about the Eagles going into this season at all was can Jalen Hurts play? We didn't know. We had no idea. We thought he was average. Last time we saw him, he was really shaky in a playoff game loss to the Bucs. He can play. He was one of the best players in the league this year. It's Howie Roseman's been smoking a cigar all, all season long because he did his job. I think the Eagles win the game. You know what I think? I think it's eagles Bengals. I think it's an eagles Bengals Super Bowl. And for the purpose of what I hate, I hate that we're not talking more about the early game because I think it's one we're going to be talking about on Monday because then it's going to be the better of the two. Speaking of the NFC, let's get to what's hilarious. All right, Nick Sirianni is not just hilarious. Nick Sirianni is still hilarious. What I mean by that is we have had him in the Kyle Brandt, Max Headroom, What's Hilarious segment multiple times as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, last time it was, my point was, he's a very likable guy, but I like this sort of nervous energy around him, but he's always just a little bit out over his skis. What I mean by that, he has that Michael Scott quality going on where, especially in his media sessions, he starts a sentence without really knowing where it's going to end. <laughs> I like going for that ride. And I like it now because he's really feeling himself. There was a funny thing that happened with him yesterday that I was sort of a part of. At Good Morning Football, we got to announce all the award finalists, Player of the Year, MVP, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, all that stuff, and Coach of the Year. And somewhere along the line of communications, there was a mix-up where, or maybe just a misunderstanding, where we announced Nick Sirianni was one of the finalists for Coach of the Year along with the Shanahan and Doug Peterson and Brian Dayball, some other guys. And then it turned out that the AP, the Associated Press, who really releases the actual factual information, did not have him as a finalist. There was a breakdown in communication somewhere along the way. But uh, as far as I understand, he, Sirianni, was wrapped up in that and maybe thought he was and was very fired up and then learned he wasn't. Just like a jolly mess. And that's kind of, I don't want to say he's a jolly mess, but he is just always uh, in this kinetic ball of energy and how he's speaking, how he's coaching, what he's saying. And that just continued over the past couple of weeks. Have you followed the pizza saga? Because this is perfect. Sirianni came on and admitted that in the Eagles and their well-deserved bye week is the, is the NFC's one seed. They ate pizza during uh, the first round games. They watched the games. Not just pizza, though. They ate Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, which, listen, if you live in the area where I do, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, it's like this act of war. It's, it's a terrorist act to say, yeah, you know, we had the guys over, we just called up Pizza Hut, got a few pepperoni pizzas and watched the game. Whoa, 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 you called up who? Like, the, the pizza thing here is, is, is so sensitive. It's almost ridiculously so not almost it is so him saying oh we ordered pizza hut was like yeah and then we went and uh drove a school bus full of kids off a cliff it was just like what we did like what what did you do that pizza so um the giants fans when they heard it because this is before uh, eagles giants they went nuts and claimed that the eagles and their staff don't respect them because they're you know just eating pizza hut pizza the Eagles fans were disappointed that they would do that. They would stoop to that absurd level of eating a very convenient pizza that's nearby. And uh, 
they have so many fine pizza establishments in Philadelphia, or so they think. Some even call for the entire staff to be fired because they would so much as bring a Pizza Hut slice of pizza, stuffed crust or otherwise, within a foot of their mouth. Well, they did. So this week, you know what Sirianni did? You listen to the fan base. You want to be one of the people, especially in Philadelphia. They can chew you up and spit you out. You know what he did? He changed it up. He got pizza this time, and he did it right. He went for Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. He went for Little Caesars, the little uh, Roman guy with the spear with the pizza on it. Pizza, pizza. That's what he did. He went for Little Damn Caesars, which is the official pizza of the National Football League, and they watch Cowboys Niners with Little Caesars, which is fun because here's my pizza ascension. I don't know where you come out. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, and we did the deep dish thing, of course, but that wasn't like what you would order quickly on a Thursday night as a kid because that's a big production, and that takes a long time. So when I was in the 80s, we did a lot of Domino's, and it was Avoid the Noid, and that was a big deal. Domino's blew up in the 80s. Then we got into Little Caesars because the Little Caesars business model, and I still don't understand it, but I respect it. If you order a pizza, they give you two pizzas. It's pizza, pizza. That's what, I don't know why. I don't know how that keeps them in the black. I don't know how they built an empire big enough to become the NFL's pizza sponsor. But if you're like, they're like, hello, Little Caesars. Hi, yeah, can I, uh, this is, uh, I live at so-and-so Maple Lane, and I would like uh, a two-liter a Pepsi, and can I have one large pepperoni pizza? They'll go, yep, got it. Uh, two-liter of Pepsi and two large pepperoni pizzas. And they'll say, hold on, no, I just need one. We don't do one, sir. We'll give you two. All right, but I, I'm, I don't want to. Doesn't matter. We're sending you two pizzas. We're just giving it to you. Do I have to pay for the second pizza? No. It's just this... A, we just toss it in. It's like a, a mint at the at the Mater D stand. You just take it. Can I not get the second pizza? Actually, no, because our packaging is made up to house two pizzas. Well, what if you just put one pizza in the two pizza sleeve? No, we can't do that. That throws off the balance. We have to give you two pizzas. Sir, I'm one person alone by myself at home. I'm probably going to have three slices and then freeze the other five. Nope, you're not. You're gonna freeze the other 13 because we're sending you two damn pizzas from our cold dead hands Will you take the second pizza. It's coming to you. I love it. I, I don't I don't understand it. Like when you go to Subway and you say, can I have a, a, a foot long chicken sweet onion teriyaki? They're like, yep, two sandwiches coming up. Sandwich, sandwich. It doesn't work that way. I have never ever gone to Baskin Robbins and said, yeah, can I have uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough and a sugar cone? and they give me two cones of chocolate chip cookie dough and I eat both of them. What is that? Uh, bartender, can I get a bullet bourbon on the rocks? Here you go, two bullet bourbons on the rocks for the price of one bullet bourbon on the rocks. Sir, your bar is gonna be out of business any second. You can't give me two drinks for the price of one. Pizza, pizza. I bet they had to talk them down from pizza, pizza, pizza at some point and just give you three pizzas for the price of one. I've never understood it but I've always been kind of in awe of it. You ever open like a peanut at the ball game and you crack it open, and, oh my God, there's three nuts in this thing. Bonus. That's Little Caesar's business model. And maybe it works because people are like, well, I can call Pizza Hut and get one pepperoni pizza or I can call, you know, Domino's and get one pepperoni pizza or the Papa and maybe I'll just, why would I do that when I can get two? Astonishing, astonishing thing that they do. So Nick Sirianni went, for the pizza pizza and since it's a coaching staff they probably ordered 10 which means they got 20 20 pizzas 
and they housed him. And I love that he said, uh, I don't really care. I am who I am. I'm a working class guy. I'm not going to be sold out into your fancy pizza slices with all your, oh, we bring in our own water and it makes it, the crust taste different and blah, 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 blah. All these pizza snobs. I know I have friends with some of them. Like, I'll eat any pizza in front of me, even if it is crappy. And there is crappy pizza, but I'm in the heart of it. I'm some some like renowned pizza places that are within five minutes of where I'm standing right now, where there's lines out the door. And I eat it and it's really good. It's really good. But like, I, I don't, I ate Papa John's all through college. Thought it was delicious. That little butter garlic dip, oh, amazing. So Nick Sirianni, I love that you did that. And then he chased it, of course, by playing for his team. He played the rap battle scene from Eight Mile and they just went crazy. It's so funny. It's like what, it's like what someone who's doing an impression of an NFL head coach would do in the SNL sketch. They'd have him watch the scene from Eight Mile or they'd have him watch the gladiator scene against the Tigers or uh, you know the Lord of the Rings scene when they take Helms Deep. That's just where he lives. He is uh, a little corny, a little cheesy, very excited, and he is who he is, and he does not apologize for it. I would lose respect for him. He said, all right, all right, I'll get the fancy pizza. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from the stuffed crust hut. Nobody out pizzas the hut. Oh yes, they do. They out pizza pizza the hut, and I'm going to Little Caesars. Incredible, amazing. He should have shown the gladiator scene, because then he would have had Caesar and Maximus, and it's all ancient Roman, it all to work together. But next time, maybe next round, maybe for the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni, you're hilarious. You know what else is hilarious? The segment we do called Say Anything, in which you guys call, leave a message, and guess what you say? Anything. Let's get right to it. Say anything. No animation, or yes we do. Roll it. Okay, so just around the corner outside the studio right here, there's a little answering machine. And it's got a giant tape in it, not even one of the little ones. It's this big old tape. And you call up the number, 2524Brandt. And there's my voice on the outgoing message. Hey, call us a message. We can leave us a message. You can leave, we use it on the show. And you guys call. And we just say, take it anywhere you want. You want to talk sports? Fine. You want to talk politics, religion, sex, family, any, just anything you want. And I don't hear the calls. I do not screen them. So I'm hearing them now for the first time ever. Now react to them. Fire in the hole. Let's get to the first call of Say Anything. A local gentleman from New York City. Derek. Say anything, Derek. Hey, Kyle. It's Derek from New York City. Uh, Longtime fan of the show. Um, given you did your Pacino speech last week, uh, would love to hear your power ranking of the best sports movie speeches of all time. So I'd love to hear your top three out of Caddyshack, Any Given Sunday, Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, Rudy, We Are Marshall, Rocky, Hoosiers, or the Pride of the Yankees. Thanks. Okay, well, thank you for watching. I did an Any Given Sunday motivational speech last week for the Buffalo Bills, which just works swimmingly, as you can tell. Uh, the Al Pacino, um, Life is the six inches in front of your face. Uh, it just goes on and on about, if we add up all those inches, that's the difference between winning and losing. It was really fun. The long scene, so I had edited it down. Um, so I did that and begs the question, what is my favorite motivational speech or sports speech in movies? I'm not going to power rank all of them. 
But I'll tell you, I'll tell you my favorite because a lot of these I've done. I did a Hoosiers thing a few years ago in Good Morning Football. I never done any of these other ones. Um, listen, there's a very polarizing film. Unfortunately, we live in an era of cynics and skeptics, and people love to detest the film Rudy. I am not one of those people. I really enjoy that movie. I saw it when I was 14. Um, just loved it. I love Sean Astin. I love Ned Beatty. I just, I love that movie. And the scene when Rudy is decided to quit the football team. The actor's name, Charles S. Dutton. I think he's like the uh, maintenance man, the groundskeeper. And he says he quits. And Rudy says, um, you know, I wanted to run out that tunnel so I could prove. And he goes, prove what? That I could blah, 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 blah. Oh, you are so full of crap. Look at you. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in there with the best college football team in the land. Son, in this life, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody but yourself. I still get goosebumps when he does it. Not when I do it, when he does it. It's beautiful. And then this shot of him at the end of the game when Rudy gets the sack. And they just go to him and he just goes, he does that like power clap to himself. Ah, now I'm getting real goosebumps. I love it. I don't care if it's corny. I don't care if it happened. I don't care if Rudy was hated by everyone on the team. I don't care if they thought, carried him off as a big joke. I don't care if he was off sides. I don't care if it ever happened. I don't care. Star Wars never happened. I still like it. I like Rudy. And that's my, that's my favorite little speech. It's a very short one. Um, but that's my favorite speech in a sports movie. I also like Tom Berenger in Major League. Um, only one thing left to do when the whole bleeping thing. I like that too. There's a lot of them I like. That's a good call, Derek. We could talk about that all day. Let's move on though. Also from the state of New York, from Syracuse. I just drove through Syracuse on my way to Buffalo last weekend. I enjoyed what I saw. I've never hung out there. Mike, Mike from Syracuse, say anything. Imagine by John Lennon is the greatest song of all time. And Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is the greatest album of all time. After those two, everything underneath it, it's impossible to rank. But those, for me, are a cut above the rest. Hmm. Imagine's the best song of all time. I don't know. Maybe for my parents at the time. It's it's a beautiful song. I, I, I don't I don't disregard it at all. Um, I'm into it. I don't like the John Lennon Christmas song. Um, that that one about war is over. I don't really want to hear about war at Christmas time. I don't like it, and I don't like the covers of it. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon is is solid. Uh, listen, I used to listen to it in college a few times, like heavily anesthetized. What you're talking about is two songs from 30, 40 years ago. I always like to say that if I could go back and I could be a young person in any decade, if I could be like 18, 19 years old, it would be in the late 60s. Now that might mean I have to be in Vietnam. But I, I just the music, the drugs, free love, Woodstock, all that stuff. I think it seemed amazing. Just awesome. I feel like a really cool time to be alive. That's like when my mom was in that age and stories she tells about just the way they thought and the way I just love it. So the music is part of that. Um, my favorite song of all time, if you have to, like, what's your favorite song ever? It's a tough question. I still think it is Every Breath You Take by The Police. I just think it's a perfectly constructed pop rock song. Uh, the bridge is like the greatest bridge ever. Song's beautiful, it's been covered many times, it's been sampled, and my dad used to play that album when I was a little kid, so I have the nostalgia. 
Imagine it's great. You know, we, we can't sit here and debate what the best song is of all time, let alone or the best album, but uh, I think that's my favorite song. I like that. We got opinions of songs, movies coming. Let's, let's wrap up Say Anything. This is a good version of Say Anything. Minnesota! Minnesota. I like that Minnesota is in. I'm going to assume this is a gentleman, but we'll find out named Peyton. Peyton, you're the last voicemail and Say Anything. Go ahead and do just that. Hey, Kyle. It's Peyton from Minnesota again. Uh, there are far too many drivers in this country. There are way too many people that can just drive a car and there's just no follow-up. It's pretty ridiculous in my opinion. I probably drive 30 minutes a day to and from work and there's always one to two crashes. There's always someone going 90 miles an hour driving on the shoulder right. and then there's someone going like 30 miles below the speed limit. It's not just young people or old people there's just way too many people that can drive so we need to limit how many people can have cars in this country and it also it would free up traffic because there's less cars on the road and more people either carpooling or uh, using public transportation so i think i'm on to something here but let me know your thoughts thanks Peyton, i like it i like it a lot i commute every day into lower manhattan um very early in the morning so I drive in uh, 5.15, 5.30 when it's still dark outside, and there's always an accident. There's always some car on the side of the road all smashed up. And then I come back at odd hours. I come back about 11.30 in the morning, not a commuting time, and I see the same thing. And I always think, here's my take on this. Driving is not that hard. It really isn't. If you just pay attention, be smart, don't be an idiot, and be sober, of course, you shouldn't get in a car accident. It, sh it shouldn't be your fault. You can't control other people. But I, I just, I, see, I look around and I see these people coming down the FDR on the east side of Manhattan. And clearly one of them just rear-ended somebody. They just rear-ended the person in front of them. Like, you moron. You moron. What are you doing? Um, I think once or twice in your life you mess up. And maybe it's when you're very young or maybe, unfortunately, it's when you're very old and you get into a fender bender and you just mess up. But it, we're talking about 60, 70 years. It just shouldn't happen very much. You should not be in a car accident that you caused if you are paying attention, are intelligent, qualified, and know what the hell you're doing. Just pay attention. It's not that hard. And I do think that he's onto something. I do think there are too many drivers. I think you should make the requirements harder. I think you should make the test harder. I think you should make renewing the license harder. And I think if you get in an accident, I'm not even talking about some crazy, dark, morbid thing like a fatality. I mean, you were in someone and it was clearly your fault and it's proven your fault and you admit it's your fault. There should be a, a suspension. There should be a suspension of your license. A couple months off. You get you, you three months to sit out. You can't drive. You take the bus, dummy, because you look down at your phone like a moron and rear-ended the person in front of you. Three months, you're out. And guess what happens if you do it again? Six months, then it's a year. And then after that, if you're just causing accidents because you're a terrible driver, you don't get to drive. It is a bleeping privilege. A privilege that should be taken away like any other privilege. You can just you can go around accident, accident, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, sure, just keep on driving. Well, am I supposed to get to work? You're gonna take the bus. You're gonna take the train. How about you like that? Stop running into people. I I can't say there's too many people on the road because I'm one of them. I can't just say, oh, why there's so many drivers? There's so many idiots driving though. I see it all the time. All the time. Just pay attention. And if you don't, you're out. Say anything was great. I love this. It got me fired up. You know what else is great? We got to move on. We're going to go to um, Brant Awareness. We have headlines, and they're brought to you by, I'm hoping, an excellent driver. 
Michael Flynn. Flynn, your takeaways from the Say Anything segment. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, driving, uh, incredibly easy. Like it, you don't Not have hard. to do anything extra. Like it's so easy to be safe. Like it, it really is. I don't, I don't understand the people speeding past me right behind me. It's it, it borderline ridiculous. Yeah. Um, drive reasonably close to the speed limit. Don't be on your phone. Pay attention, buckle up. You're going to be fine. And if you're not fine under those conditions, you shouldn't be a licensed driver. It, it's, it's one of the most overrated things. It's difficult to drive. No, it isn't. We moved to New York City from California and people are like, you can't drive in Manhattan. Yes, we can. We drive in Manhattan all the time. We do it all the time. And people in New York are like, I would never drive it. It's not that hard. Just pay attention. Shut up. Get off your phone. Stop causing accidents. That's it. Yeah, uh, agree with you. Let's get into the headlines. You know, I was going to start this segment. I did some research on Little Caesars while you were talking about it, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I got some uh, breaking news for you to react what? to that I don't even think you know about yet. Multiple reports that the Panthers are hiring Frank Reich as their new head coach. Good. Reich returns to the franchise he took the first ever snap for in 1995. Your reaction? I love it. I love Frank Reich. He's a fearless leader of men. I think this is fantastic. Uh, listen, I sympathize with Steve Wilkes because I think he did a hell of a job and I know the players really liked him. Listen, look what happened as soon as the Colts whacked him. It obviously got weird. They hired someone from Pardon the Interruption or something and the season just completely capsized, including the biggest letdown in NFL history. Frank Reich wasn't even given a chance to dig out of that season. Frank Reich's entire life has been about digging out of holes in college as a player and the pros as a player several times as a head coach in the NFL. Um, I love Frank Reich. Remember as Philadelphia is playing in the NFC title game this weekend, potentially even the Super Bowl in two weeks. I do not think that Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring without Frank Reich. Frank Reich, a massively instrumental part of that Super Bowl winning team. I love that man. Watch out for Carolina. And you know what? I don't give a damn if Carolina next year starts 0-7. I still believe Frank Reich will bring them back to the playoffs and they probably will. Plus, look at that stupid division. It was the dumbest division in the world this year. Supple as hell. Brady almost definitely leaving the division. So what are they left with? Left with Frank bleeping Reich. I love this. People might think, oh, retread. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, they had never figured out the quarterback situation there. I think that they're still stumbling in Indianapolis to figure that out. And I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be in Carolina. I don't think this is all going to be roses and Oreos here in, in Carolina. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. But they have classic. The grown-up in the room who the players will respect. I love it. You, you, you could not have given me better news. I love Frank Reich. I agree with you. He's a good coach. He five different week one quarterbacks in five years with the Colts. So it'll be good to get some stability for him maybe there. I've also seen reports wow. that Brady to the Panthers may be hmm. staying in the division. I think I want to say Arlo I want to say Arlovsky said that yesterday. Uh, let's stick with uh, coaching hires. Very interesting one this morning. Jets will bring in one and done Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. Interesting, of course, because before Denver, Hackett was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay for three seasons. Kyle, what do you make of the hire, and does this change your Aaron Rodgers will never take a snap for the Jets take? Not at all. <laughs> I still believe it. I do not ever think he will be a New York Jet. I don't care if they bring in A.J. Hawk to be the linebackers coach 
and they bring in Pat McAfee to run media relations, and they bring in uh, Bonnie Vare to uh, to play the halftime show. All the stuff Rogers likes. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care if they get Carrie Elwes from The Princess Bride, Rogers' favorite movie, to uh, be on the coaching staff. He ain't going. And we can play this clip back if he becomes a Jet. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, you know, everyone says this is amazing that, do they want him just because Nathaniel Hackett's a successful offensive coordinator? Or is this bait? Is this a recruiting pitch for Jesus Shuttlesworth, Aaron Rodgers, to come to the Jets? Like, maybe he wouldn't have wanted to if they traded for him and he would have fought it. And now he's like, wow, I won a couple of MVPs with Hackett. You can find videos of me out there in the last couple of years, especially in 2020 saying that he's like my favorite person in the building and he brings light and joy and there's no one I love more than him. And it's all true. But wasn't that also the reason that he got the Broncos job? Like, didn't the Broncos, come on, didn't they say, let's get Roger's favorite guy and then, uh, I don't know. And then they got Russell Wilson and that was a disaster. So are the Jets now doing that? And if they don't trade for Rogers or if they try to and Rogers says like, no, I'll retire, I'm not playing for you. Do they keep Hackett? Is it merely, it's like, I remember when um, there was the, uh, uh, the the Rodman whisperer. What was that guy's name? Hat something. Um, that you had to have certain players on your team if you had Dennis Rodman. Like, do you bring on Hackett now? Is that his, like the stage of his career? If this doesn't work out in Denver, will he go somewhere else the year after who's trying to get Rodgers two years from now? I don't know. It's It's a great juicy piece of news because it just, puts kerosene all over the Rodgers to the Jets thing. And the back page of the post today was all Packers, Rodgers, Jets, Jets, Jets. The answer to your question, Flynn, no. I still do not think there is an ounce uh, of, of, of DNA in his body that is a New York, New Jersey type of guy. And also, I don't think it's insignificant that Brett Favre finally left the Packers and went to the Jets and now Rodgers be doing that again. I, I think there's something that he wouldn't like about that, and, I, and it's just more far of comparisons after I've gotten 18 years of them. I don't. The only way I want Rodgers to go to the Jets, if he deliberately has a plan, as I think Rodgers, as I think Favre did, to go one year out of the NFC, go to the Jets, do whatever, and then go back to the NFC North and terrorize the Packers. That would be fun, but I don't think that's happening. I still don't think he'll play for the Jets. I still don't. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of it because I agree with you. I don't see Rodgers coming here, but we've made a lot about these aren't the same old Jets or rather they're trying to prove that they're not the same old Jets. It would be such a Jets thing to hire a guy in the hopes of getting another guy and then not getting that guy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being stuck with that original guy who may or may not be a good offensive coordinator. We'll we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year for Jets fans. I, I, I took some heat from Jets fans online, Jets fans that I know, for being so sure that he wasn't coming to the Jets. You're a guy from the region. You said you agree with me. Can you put your finger on why you don't think Rodgers to the Jets? It's everything that you said, but more than anything, the thing that you just said, that he's been compared to Brett Favre his whole life. Why would he want mm-hmm. to literally follow in his footsteps to the same exact next place? It doesn't make yeah. sense. Thank you for saying that. People disagree with me. Or maybe I think people, they were insulted because I think they wouldn't want to go to the Jets. Not the team. Oh. And I'm not insulting the region. I live in the region. I'm, I'm raising my children in the region. I just don't think far. I don't think Rogers. See, I'm calling him far. I don't think Rogers is going to live and work in that region. I don't, I don't see him as a New York, New Jersey guy in any way. I just don't. So maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. 
No, it's not a slight to the Jets. The Jets have a good no. offense. Quarterback should want to come there. But Brees Hall got hurt. Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt. Like they're going to be pretty stacked on offense next year right. as long as they have a good quarterback. Let's wrap this up. Finally, to college basketball for a video that was all over Twitter this morning. Uh, DoorDash is one of our great sponsors here in the basement, and one of their drivers appeared to walk onto the court during play of the Loyola Chicago Duquesne game last night. A lot of people pointing out that it's a clear viral stunt. The driver had a microphone on his shirt. What do you make of the whole thing? Well, just bitter disappointment that it was a produced thing. <laughs> I The belief that this could actually be just a guy trying to drop off some nachos and he's 100% oblivious to the basketball game going on six inches from him. And he's like, look, I got a lot of deliveries. Some guy brought me into the basketball court and he ordered his you know, spicy shrimp and I got to get it to him so I can get a good review plus tip. I'm, I, that's a great story. And that is the resiliency of the uh, DoorDash delivery guys. So now that it was like, so what? Someone's like, the setup was you're going to pretend to be one and just walk on the floor in the middle of the game. That's the idea here. Oh, look, he's delivering McDonald's. <laughs> one of those people who orders McDonald's on DoorDash, which has always seemed so strange to me because the whole deal with McDonald's is like, you better eat that thing while it's hot and it's going to taste great. So I, these people in the commercials who are sitting down in their living room eating fries and McNuggets that were made 25 minutes ago. I, I, I can't get with that. I eat McDonald's actually probably more than most people in my age, but I, I, I'm disappointed, Flynn, I guess, that it's, it's apparently not real. I, I know. It came out that it wasn't real pretty quickly, and I agree with you. You want to eat McDonald's when it's hot, but you also want to eat McDonald's because it's relatively cheap. And if you're paying someone else to get it for you on top of that, it's not cheap anymore. But yeah, people yeah. pointed out that there were students in the stands filming him the entire time. He also just went back to his seat. He was allowed to stay in the arena. Uh, so not, not as funny as it initially appeared to be right at the moment. However, this is what you do. If you are a fan of Loyal Chicago, or I think it's pronounced Duquesne. Um, yep. The next game you order it for real. See if the driver <laughs> will do it. Just go for it. Be like, this was a huge viral fake thing. I'm in the second row and submit your order and write in that little memo thing. Look, I'm at a basketball game, I know, but I'm sure you saw the video, deliver it to me and it'll be a big deal. Maybe walk on the court a few steps. Like now they can have a chance to pull it off authentically. So whoever the student body is at Loyal Chicago, my hometown, hometown or Duquesne, do it. Maybe there's a game tonight. Just do it. And then it'll be this redemption story. That, that's the move. We will have to have our eyes on the Duquesne home schedule going forward. Yeah. Or you can bring it full circle and order Little Caesars and they'll bring you two pizzas. Ooh. Two for the price of one. Thank you, Flynn. It's been a great week. I'm going to throw a dart. Uh, next time I see you, we will know who's playing in the Super Bowl. So I appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the pizza and the DoorDash. Go to the Skycam, please, for me. I'm going to be appearing tomorrow on Bomani Jones' program on HBO, which I'm very excited to get the invite to. I've never been on HBO before. I, I worship at the altar of HBO. I love it. It's not TV, guys. It's HBO. I'm going to be out tomorrow. So I have to take a COVID test now, 24 hours from now, and the guy's coming to my house in 10 minutes to give me my COVID test, which should be all kinds of fun. I hope it's a deep nasal. I missed those. The dart today. Oh, no, I thought I had it. Ha! That's not a bullseye, it's a good inch away. That's a nine, folks. What am I ending the show with today? Give me topic numero nueve. <laughs> Look at these topics.
Are you a good bowler? 10, naps, yay or nay? Eight, proper company holiday party etiquette. These are great, I love them. I love five, what's your favorite candy? <laughs> Nine, am I a good bowler? No. <laughs> Who's a good bowler? Yeah, I, I, you know what, I, I, I come in usually about 240, 250. I can roll, man. No, I'm not a good bowler. I love bowling. My theory on bowling is that it's an undefeated activity. It's, it's never not fun. It's never the greatest time in the world, but you, you don't really find yourself at a bowling alley being like, this kind of sucks. Wish we hadn't gone bowling. It's great. And that's either with friends or with kids or with grandparents. It's just for everybody. You got, a, you got a physical activity, you have a competitiveness if you want, you have screens, you have snacks, you have games, you have music, you have alcohol if you want it. All ages, it's an undefeated activity, it's always fun. It's this kind of go-to thing that you do if you have nothing else to do, maybe over a holiday weekend, maybe you go bowling. But it's always fun, you never leave the bowling alley being like, oh God, thank God that's over. You leave saying, should we have played one more game? It's great, it's great activity. The thing that changed for me in the bowling world, what really revolutionized the bowling experience for me, remember, I'm gonna say this was probably, I don't know, late 90s, when it started going to more electronic, cosmic bowling. When they dropped a speed gun on your bowling roll, that's when I started loving it. Because I don't give a damn how many pins I hit, I was trying to bury the needle on that thing like I was Randy Johnson. You roll that thing, it says, you know, 68 miles an hour on your roll. And my friends and I would go just try to roll it as hard as we could. And sometimes it would jump the gutter and go into the next lane. Don't care about hitting pins. It just became like a strongest man competition. And whoever can get the highest speed, so fun. But that's my point. Am I a good bowler? Of course not. I'm a good sport about bowling because it's always a good time. So are playoff games, guys. There's two of them this weekend. There are three football games remaining in the season. We will talk about all three ad nauseum. I'm going to be in Las Vegas next week for the newly imagined Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be working with Peyton and Eli. I'll have stories. I'll have Vegas stuff. Uh, I cannot wait to share it with you. Thank you for coming to the basement today. I miss you. I love you. Please do me a favor. Exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. And really help me out. See you guys.